Good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? I'm Gary. I'd like to welcome everybody out here today to the Greater Alton Church. We are concluding a series that we've been on for the last four weeks. Uh, this is week number five of Lessons from the Life of Daniel. We are talking about thriving in Babylon. And uh, we're doing something a little bit different today. Levi, should I do the introduction over today? No, okay. Levi came up to me last week and goes, who does a 30-minute introduction? <laughs> who does that? The answer to that's Tim, by the way, okay? <laughs> he admits it. He knows it. Uh, but anyway, last week, and I, I, had, I thought this was going to happen before I started the lesson, but I, my introduction and what I wanted to say, what I thought the Spirit was leading me to say, was going to take longer than planned. And so we actually cut the lesson in half. And so we are continuing today talking about defining success. Uh, I really encourage if you were not here and you, and you, you want to look back at what I had to say more in depth, I encourage you to go to our website and listen to that. And uh, it's very good. Basically what we talked about was that God's definition of success is quite simply faithful till I, till I die. Or just simply faithfulness. As we looked at the life of Daniel, um, this is how he was described. He was incredibly prosperous. And again, also, if you're unfamiliar with the life of Daniel, I encourage you to go back to the book of Daniel and read about his life. And read about uh, the example he was of faithfulness for us and the way he succeeded. He was in some circumstances that I personally would not want to be in. Yet he prospered. That's what the Bible tells us in, on multiple occasions in the book of Daniel. It tells us that he prospered. Uh, in fact, in, uh, in, in the, the, end of the end of the book, in Daniel chapter 12, verse 13, this is what it says, As for you, Daniel, go and be faithful to the end of your life. You will surely rest, but when the end of days arise, you will rise again to receive the inheritance allotted to you. And guys, all we talked about last week was what God's definition of success was, and that is faithfulness. I looked at Matthew chapter 25 rather extensively on this, where Jesus first of all told the parable of uh, the talents, as, as most of you know. Um, and then He went on to talk about what judgment was going to be like when He was going to separate all human beings into two groups, like sheep on His right and goats on His left. And the standard that they were going to be judged by was how faithful they had been with the resources they had been given by Him. And how well they had used those to represent Him in their life. And guys, that's what we're going to be picking up today. Like I said, if you want to, you want to understand that a little bit more, you want to dig into it a little bit more, it's incredibly simple. And it's incredibly challenging and motivating. And guys, I, I, I long for one day, all of Greater Alton is known as a faithful, as a group of faithful individuals. Okay? And that's how we define success. It's not by our numbers. Okay? It's not by our giving. It's not by our buildings. It's not even by our formal ministries. 
but it's by the ministry that takes place through the faithfulness of individuals. Because that's the example that Jesus gave us. And what we're going to be talking about today is how I can be successful like Daniel. I'm going to, I did talk about the first point a little bit last week, but I wanted to pick that up again. And it's, I will be successful with Daniel when number one, I pledge my allegiance to the king. And I've talked about this rather extensively in this series. Okay? Daniel was a servant of four different kings of, of the nations that he served under. Okay, it started with Babylonia, then ended with the Persians. I believe it was the Persians. Persians were in there somewhere. He served four different kings. And, but he was a, his true allegiance was to God as the king of the world. And guys, that's where it all begins. If you are, if you claim to be a Christian, that is what you are claiming is that my allegiance is to Jesus. And you want success according to God, you've got to remind yourself of that. If you look in your notes in this verse that we looked at in uh, Daniel chapter six and verse 10, and what this verse is, is about is when Daniel is confronted with going to the lion's den or being thrown into the lion's den. And what happened was his, some co-workers, is the best way to put that, and that's accurate, were jealous of him and they got the king to sign a law into effect that says that anybody that prays to any other god is going to be thrown into the lion's den. And this was Daniel's response to that law when he found out about it. In verse 10, this is what it says. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. See guys, nothing changed for him. The law came out that said, you can't bow to any other God. And he says, my allegiance is to the God. And he bowed down to him. And it said, I love what it says. As was his custom since early days. Let me ask you, what is your custom? How do you pledge allegiance to Jesus? On a regular basis. See guys, he is held up as an incredibly faithful servant of God and it takes that three times a day he bowed before God, thanking Him. Guys, what is your, what is your, what is the pattern in your life? I am, I'm embarrassed guys. I am embarrassed when I look at the standard of Daniel. I don't do this three times a day. In recent years, I can say very, very clearly that I do regularly acknowledge Jesus as King and me as His servant and my desire to live my life the way He wants me to live, but it's not three times a day. And so guys, I want to, I want to ask you, what is your custom on doing that? I don't think you have to do it three times a day. I don't think you have to get on the floor three times a day and look towards Jerusalem. But I think we need to have a custom, a pattern in our life where we are regularly reminding ourselves and committing our allegiance to Jesus. And that's the first thing. Guys, the second thing we want to talk about 
is that I acknowledge the resources that Jesus has given me. I don't think I've re- re- repeated this statement yet this week, but that is how you're going to be judged. By how well you use the resources that Jesus has given you to fulfill His desires in your life. And I believe that begins with recognizing the resources that He has given you. Uh, you see there in Matthew 25, we read this whole story last week. It says, and again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags of gold, and to another one bag of gold, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Guys, I think you need to understand that Jesus has given you resources according to your ability. What does that mean? Well, just like the story says, we do not have equal amounts of resources. You may have more than me in some area. I may have more than you in other areas. And the money in this story, the bags of gold, represents all of our resources. You see, guys, too many times in Christianity, we have taught tithing. And tithing is you give 10% of your money to the church. And what that can tend to do, alright, what it can tend to do is it creates this attitude of, okay, I'm supposed to give 10%. I gave my 10%. Now the rest is mine. Okay? And there are arguments among Christians about how many church services they should attend. And how much they should be involved. How active they should be in the activities of the church. Because we want to know what the tithe is of our time. Because the rest is ours. We want to do what we want with it. And so guys, the real emphasis here is on acknowledging our resources, but also understanding that Jesus has given them to us. And guys, in, uh, in, in the book of Daniel in chapter 4 and verse 30, there's a statement made by King Nebuchadnezzar, and this is, this statement is made. God has, has, uh, already, uh, predicted or prophesied, uh, to King Nebuchadnezzar. He gave him a dream, and Daniel interpreted to it, that he is going to, uh, in his pride, be cast out to live with wild animals. I encourage you to read chapter 4. I encourage you to read the whole book. But, in chapter 4, verse 30, he gets to a point in his life, where this is going to happen. And this is the statement he makes right before he literally loses his mind. It says, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? What do you see there, guys? Arrogance? Pride, me, 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 that's correct. How many times is the word me used? There like three or four times. Look what I've done for me. I think he's an American. Okay? And you need to understand something. Jesus was not opposed to the accumulation of wealth. He was opposed to why you accumulate wealth. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, this is what he says. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. 
Okay? He doesn't say, don't store up treasure. Don't accumulate wealth. He does not say that. He challenges why you're doing that. And He challenges, are you going to acknowledge whose it really is? And you see, guys, that's the thing you have to look at is what are your resources? Now, I want to, I gotta be honest. When we think of resources, what's the number one thing, number one resource we think of? Money. That's it. That's what you're talking about, right, Gary? You're gonna to talk to us about giving today. No, I'm not. Okay? No, I'm not. I want to talk to you about acknowledging the resources you have. We're gonna be talking about what you do with those in a little bit, but guys, you have to acknowledge what those resources are. What are the, and I, and I ask you, what are your resources? What's that? Time, treasures, and talent. You want to get up? I, I wouldn't have put it that eloquently. Guys, I think the second resource that we have, that we have after, after our, our financial resources is our time. And here's the really cool part. Every one of us has the same amount of time. Every one of us says, no, I understand some of us have to work more than others and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm kind of in a, I have great flexibility as being self-employed and can kind of be semi-retired and I can take time from my day to do whatever I want as needs arise. But guys, every one of us has 24 hours a day. What do we do with that time? And how often do we see that time as a resource that's to be used for the king's service. How often do we do that, guys? Time is your second one. I think about something that, as I was preparing for this lesson, I never thought of it in this clear terms, but your physical location is a resource to be used for the king. Did you know that? Where you live, the neighborhood that you live in, the town that you live in, the school that you go to, is is a resource. Why is that? Well, let me tell you. I will probably never know your neighbors. I will probably never meet your co-workers. Your boss probably will never meet. That means you are the only one that can use that resource of your location to represent Jesus. You're it. You're it. It was very cool a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't remember what it was. My wife didn't know where I was at. I was outside. I don't remember what the situation was. She said, I kind of wondered where you were. And I said, I was talking to our neighbor, which is not unusual to do, for me anyway. Um, neighbor Scott, and uh, he was the one to tell me a story. Long story short, I was able to share my faith and part of the Gospel with him as a result of having the conversation and representing the king at that time and in that location. And guys, you are the only ones that can represent Jesus in the situations that you find yourself. And I think it's imperative that you learn to acknowledge that that is a resource you have. That you are not wherever you are just for a single purpose. You're not at work just to work. Okay, I was going to talk about this in a little bit, but it fits now. Uh, as most of you know, my mother is in a... Uh, we had to put her in a nursing home about two months ago. And uh, she's not happy about being in a nursing home. Not happy at all. I'm the bad guy. I'm the one that pulled the trigger. Had to make the decision to do it. 
And I'll spare you most of those details, but yesterday we were going over to visit her. And it's not a pleasant... Does anybody... Is that, is that high on your list to, to go visit a nursing home? No. That's not where you want to go visit a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or uncle or anybody. Okay? And I'm there, and my mom's not happy. And let's just say it's a less than pleasant experience. Okay? And, and leave it at that. But as I'm going through the nursing home, do you know what I notice? I notice lonely people. You know, I notice people sitting, and, and I'm, I'm imagining, I mean, for all I know, these people have 20 visitors a week. I, I don't know. Okay, okay? But God has given me a gift that sometimes is a curse where I feel compelled to talk to people. Okay, my wife says that there's a bubble over my head that says, talk to me, I'll talk back. <laughs> and it is, is, is the truth of the matter. Honey, I didn't start the conversation. Okay, I tried to look away. They chased me down. I, at that point, I have to talk. Okay, that's my res- it's one of my resources, by the way. It's just this ability to talk to strangers about and get into some conversations. But anyway, I, I just noticed an older wo- a woman sitting there in her wheelchair. And I, I just say hi. And after a few times, I say hi again. And then finally I say, you know, I say hi to you all the time. Can I ask your name? And she tells me her name is Cheryl. And then yesterday, my mom, uh, we, were, we were visiting out in the, the cafeteria type area. And I said, Mom, we're going back to your room. I said, let me bring you over here. I want you to meet somebody. Okay? Which freaks my mom out. But I wanted to introduce her to Cheryl. And guys, I believe I'm representing Jesus. And where Jesus in Matthew 25 said, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. And I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. And I was in prison and you came to visit me. I believe you could add to that list. I was in a nursing home and you walked by and spoke to me. And you see, guys, I have a resource that's this very small. God has placed me in a nursing home. And I'm not going to waste. I don't want to waste even that time going back and forth. Now, I know all you, I mean, I mean, literally, I could probably spend the whole day there talking to people. But guys, you have to recognize what your resources are. It goes on. What are your skills? What are your talents? A friend of mine just recently asked me to work on, he says, you still have your auto glass tools? This is somewhere. And he needs help with his wife's uh, door glass, window, motor, whatever. And, and so why did he ask me and not you? Because I've done it for years. That was, was my first career. Okay? And, and, and you look at that. In the past, when I was in the auto glass industry, there was a time, I'm like, how do I do this more? And I, I would give, I've told you stories about giving people windshields and the impact it made on them. But one time, maybe went up to. A, I decided I gotta try to use this more for the king. I've got a skill here, and so I started looking for broken windows. Okay, and uh, the one time I remember it, there was a lady up here at Quick Trip, and uh, her window something wrong with her window. She had an old Ford Festiva. I happen to know a guy who rebuilds old Ford Festivas and drives them. And uh, I was talking to her about, hey, your window's down. Is there a problem with it? Can we, can we fix it? Because oh, it's there's some little part in there that's broken. That's missing. And so I offered her, here's my card, here's my number. I know this is creepy, but I would like to fix your window. Okay? Guys, what is, what is your skill? What is your talent? What is your ability? 
You know, what do you have that the king wants to use? You see, folks, you need to understand something. That is that light shines best in the darkness. And that's what the king wants us to do is to shine our light. And he wants us to use our resources for that. Third thing. After we pledge allegiance to the king and acknowledge the resources Jesus has given me, the third is I accept my commission. Okay, now that's not money. Years ago, somebody asked, studying the Bible somebody, and they said, hey, have you ever heard of the Great Commission, which is the end of Matthew 28, where Jesus tells us to go into all the world and make disciples. And he goes, do you know what the Great Commission's about? He goes, money? You don't know, it's not about, if you've ever worked in sales, it took a minute, didn't it? If you've ever worked in sales, you're talking about you get a commission for what you sell. That's not what I'm talking about. Commission is your marching orders. Okay, it's what the king expects of you. As we've just talked about, the king expects if we're going to be faithful, we use those resources he has given us to serve his desires in our lives. And guys, you have to decide that is you're going to accept that. And guys, I say that from the book of Daniel because Daniel was in some pretty bad circumstances. Alright, let me... We read this verse the first week. This is in Jeremiah chapter 29. We're going to read verse 7. Uh, if you want, again, he gave a whole list of instructions to the exiles who had been taken from Jerusalem and taken to Babylonia. And this is what he says. In the middle of these instructions, he says, Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now that that sounds like to me on first glance, that sounds pretty groovy. Go make money. You know, that's what it's saying. Go work for the prosperity of the land you're in. Well, let me tell you, let's go back and read a little bit about the Babylonians that they were a part of. You see, because before God sent the Israelites into exile into Babylonia, He told them it was going to happen. And in Habakkuk chapter 1, this isn't in your notes, it won't be on the screen, I'm just reading it. Beginning in verse 5, it says, Look among the nations, observed, be astonished, wonder, because I am doing something in your days you would not have believed, you would not believe if you were told. For behold, I am raising up the Babylonians, that fierce and impetuous people who march throughout the earth to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. They are dreaded and feared. Their justice and authority originate with themselves. Guys, God is describing, He's trying to tell Israel, your unfaithfulness is so bad in my sight that I'm going to take a group of people far more evil than you and they are going to wipe you out and take you into captivity. Okay, that's what he's told them. These are people who do not fear God. They are not nice people. And now in Jeremiah 29, after it's all happened, God's given Daniel and the other exiles these instructions. Work for the prosperity of the Babylonians. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. 
Okay? And I, I know that. I know that a lot of you or most of you agree because it is a very common complaint that I have been guilty of and that I hear on a regular basis is that we complain about our employer. Okay? And I'm bringing this up because it fits and because also you need to see your job as a resource. And you need to see you being there is for the service of the King. And the way you serve the King is you work for the prosperity of the, of the boss. That's, that's your commission. Because let's face it, if you're a grumbling, complaining, lazy worker, how well are you going to represent the King? You won't. You won't. And guys, let's be, let's be honest. Okay? Capitalism, in a general way, has been a very good thing for this country. But it is dominated, I believe motivated, in large part by greed. You see this all the time. This recent strike between the UAW and General Motors. If greed was not a part of the picture, that would not exist. Okay? It just would not. I don't care who your employer is and I don't care what your complaint is. God's given you a job to do there. And it's to represent Him. And to represent Him well, you have to do your job well. And I, guys, your commission goes well beyond that. That just fits for what we're looking at here. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. See guys, God has given you specific instructions to represent His interest in your life with, with the resources He's given you and that includes on your, on your job. The question is, have you decided to accept His instructions? That is the challenge. Guys, it, it's the same way with what you do with your money. If you see somebody in need and you have the financial resources to help, will you do that? You guys, I, two years ago, I was challenged by what the Greater Alton Church is doing to help the poor. And I want to let you know, it is exciting to see the growth and the change that has taken place. Uh, I want to let you know, most of, I don't know how many of you know this or not, some of you do, uh, but the church has recently helped, or is helping Kathy Klotz. Kathy, can you wave at us over here? <laughs> Kathy had a need. Okay? And I'm telling you this because, guys, it was, it's, it's your giving that's helped. Alright? You need to know. Kathy needed dentures. And, and we, we, I talked to my dentist, and he, he donated a whole bunch of the work, and the church is paying for her dentures. And as we were talking about this with, uh, with, with Tim and Alan and I, we were talking about this Thursday morning when we get together for breakfast, and one of them, Tim or Alan, once said, you know, I feel really good about us doing that. And I said, guys, I want to, I want to, I want to, we agreed. As we talked, we agreed. In the early church, there's a statement made in the book of Acts that there was no needy person among them. And we three agreed. We want that to be said about the Greater Alton Church. 
We want there to be no needy person among them. And guys, we've set that out there as a goal. And that's a, that's a big thing and we know the risk involved. But we believe that's what faithfulness to the King is all about. And we just decided you know, a year and a half ago when we started looking at this passage in Matthew 25 and we had the special contribution, we said, guys, we want to be faithful with God has given us. We believe God is more concerned with there being no needy among us than He is with us having the right kind of building. Okay? And that is our desire. That's our desire to pay off the building so we can do more of that type. And that's our goal. That is what we're after. You see, guys, we've accepted that commission in that one way, in that one area. The guys, the challenge is, will you accept that commission in every area of your life? You see, because I had to realize, I'm not in a nursing home just for my mom. I'm in a nursing home to represent the king. So am I going to accept that commission? And are you going to accept the commission on the job? And are you going to accept the commission with your neighbors? Has anybody ever had any bad neighbors? How many times? How well you represent the king with neighbors who challenge your godliness is more important than how much money you give. And so guys, when you you acknowledge your resources, you need to accept your commission. You represent the King in more ways than you know. Okay? Fourth thing, and we've already talked about this, if I'm going to be successful like Daniel, I recognize opportunities. And guys, I've already been talking about this in multiple ways, and that's a lot of what I'm talking about. But guys, when you acknowledge your resources and you accept your commission, you will begin to recognize opportunities. Your eyes will be open to things you did not see before. With neighbors, on the job. And let me, let me, let me go back. I feel like I'm harping on being on the job, but let's deal with some reality here. You spend more awake time on the job than you probably do with your family. And it is a place you need to be aware of this. Okay. And you need to be looking for opportunities. See guys, once you begin looking, things will come out of nowhere. And you won't even... I can't tell you how many times we've seen people uh, kind of have a revival in their life. Okay, There's an awakening. And they realize, I haven't been serving the Lord Jesus the way I need to. And I... I want to do it. And they are looking for opportunities. Hey guys, I'm just going to tell you, opportunities are everywhere. They really are. The fifth thing, if I'm going to be successful like Daniel, is I, I'm, what you need to do is I enjoy the fruits of my faithfulness. Enjoy the fruits of my faithfulness. Guys, here's the truth of the matter. There's an incredible benefit to serving the Master. One of the, uh, if you look in Daniel, at Daniel in, in chapter 2 and verse 48 and 49, this is what it says. It says, Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon 
and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. Also, Daniel petitioned the king and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. It goes on in Daniel chapter 6 and it says, So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. See guys, there were benefits. I can't promise you material benefits like what Daniel received. Okay, I can't do that because God doesn't do that. And we went through that last week. And again, if you want to understand what I said, go back and listen to it. Um, but guys, I believe the biggest benefit, the biggest fruit of Daniel's life is his influence in the lives and actions of kings throughout his entire life. That's what it says here, guys. Daniel sat in the gate of the king. He had the king's ears, so to speak. And guys, there's fruits from it. But I believe the biggest fruit that you see, and you see it in his life, as well as the life of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I'm reading into this, okay? The Bible doesn't say it this plain. But when Daniel was facing the lion's den, and when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were facing throwing, being thrown in the furnace, do you not see an incredible calm and peace as they face death? I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. I, I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego where they go, Oh, King, let it be known. Our God can save us. Our God can do that. But if He chooses not to, we're okay. We're good. I mean, and Daniel the same way with going into the, you know, facing the lion's den. What does he do? He goes home, opens up his window for all to see, and bows down towards Jerusalem, breaking the law that the king had signed. And there's just this incredible peace and calm that I, I, I'm reading into it. I know it doesn't say it that clearly, but I don't believe it's hard to see. And guys, I just want to let you know who wants to deal with a little less stress in their life? Who wants to deal with less worry? With less anxiety? Who wants that? I see hands going up. <laughs> Even though I didn't ask for hands. Guys, it's just the truth of the matter. Guys, let me read you this passage here in Philippians chapter 4. By the way, I want to remind you before we read this, about the verse we read in Daniel chapter 6 at the beginning about where Daniel went and prayed three times a day, what he was doing is he was thanking God. Okay, and this is what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Here we go, guys. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, guys, I see this calmness and this peace as Daniel faced very difficult circumstances. And guys, I believe that when you are committed to representing the King in your life, when you are committed to being faithful, 
there is an incredible calm and peace is the fruit that you benefit from. And here in Philippians it says it's beyond all understanding. If you want some of that, I want a lot of that. Guys, that's the fruit of a faithful life. And guys, I don't know who you are or where you're at today. I want to challenge you to choose, to set as your goal. Okay, what did we call it last week? The Halloween resolution. Okay? I want to be a good and faithful servant. I want to live the rest of my life in faithfulness to God. And I'm going to do that by pledging my allegiance to Jesus, by acknowledging the resources He's given me, by accepting the commission to use them to represent Him in my life, see the opportunities that He provides, and I'm going to enjoy the benefits. I'm going to enjoy the peace and calm. Guys, that's my lesson. I want you to be successful. And God wants you to be successful too. Let's pray and we'll be done. Father, it is, uh, it is so encouraging. Father, it's exciting to know that living for you, though it has its challenges, is, is really pretty simple. Father, you've given us your Holy Spirit to guide us through this process. And Father, I want to ask right now, for anyone in this room who has claimed You as Lord, Father, that Your Spirit is working on their hearts and their minds to recognize what You've given them. Father, I pray You challenge unfaithfulness in our lives. Father, that You move our hearts towards faithfulness to desire it and to live that way. Father, I believe there is tremendous opportunity for You in this room. Father, that we represent as a group a large resource for You in our lives. And Father, I ask You to help us to be faithful. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.